Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to yet another Book Club. I'm delighted to be joined uh, by an, a, a, an old associate of mine uh, from many years ago, David Wollstonecroft, who's written a few books, uh, but he is, his most recent book is, I believe, his first children's book. He will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's called The Magic Hour. It's very good. Hello, David. Hello, Richard. It's lovely, lovely to see you. Really lovely to see you. I mean, you are best. I haven't been doing this on the book club, but you are obviously best known for playing an auditioning vicar in Fist of Fun. That was that, the... it's it's the high ground. I call it the high ground. It's the <laughs> yeah. moment. It's, it's like the high plateau of uh but and you know, I have to say, uh it is uh, an iconic show and I was very happy to even be <laughs> minutely and to be a microscopic dot on well, the firmament of you guys. Yeah. Uh, it Comedy. seems to be a it seems to be a role that pretty much killed your acting career off. I think right according, according, I think according justly <laughs> I think it's like a litmus test or it's like the COVID <laughs> test. Funny, not funny. Sorry, mate. It's on the NF, uh, the bars on the NF. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, you have a, a very prestigious uh, career as a writer, but please tell us, for anyone who doesn't know you, David, could you tell us a little oh. bit about what you have done in the interim? 
Sure, in the interim. So um, uh, I suppose I'm best known for, I created a TV show called Spooks, which ran on the BBC for um, 10 seasons, as we call it. Yeah, fantastic. In the business, not series, apparently. Um, And uh, for which I am eternally grateful and had tons of fun. And in the interim, I've sort of, after that, I did a show with David Tennant called The Escape Artist, which was wonderful. And uh, uh, a show called Versailles with Simon Mirren, which was um, uh, set in the court of Louis XIV. So it's, it's a clear progression. Yeah, um, but like uh, a, ve- a very successful TV writing career, which uh, I'm very envious of having, I mean, having a, a couple of things on the telly, but to make something that goes for many series that's, re- I mean, Spooks is a, is a while ago, but it's it's a very well-remembered and loved uh, series. You need, there was some spin-offs from it and all sorts, wasn't there? So. There were all sorts of things that happened. We had, there was, um, I mean, I think it started the careers of, or at least one would hope helped the careers of quite a few People, I mean, Matthew McFadden, David Oyelowo, Keely, the wonderful Keely Hawes, yeah. um, uh, Richard Armitage, uh, uh, Rupert Penry Jones. We also had Benedict Cumberbatch as a oh, really? sort of um, uh, uncredited, you know, baddie. So right. it, it was one of these things where it's like, oh, I enjoyed working with you in X. I'm like, I'm not sure I was there that day, but uh, <laughs> you're a massive star now. So thank you very much for coming to play. It's a little bit like Fist of Fun. Fist of Fun was the well, it's the precisely top, the, the same. The, the, the comedy exactly equivalent of that. A, a, everyone like, else has gone on to be very successful. Yes, that's, that's it's like <laughs> yeah, Mount Olympus, and uh, you and Stu were on top, and we were clambering up the slope. And, Not uh, me. I was in the gutter. <laughs> and then you've you have written a couple of books for. Adults, is this? I, yes. I'm, I'm right that this is your first kids book, right? Yes, it so, is. It is. It yeah. is. I, I never, I never went towards kids fiction just because I thought it was too hard. I, 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 it is such a precise science, in my opinion. It's you know, I, wow. I wrote uh, two spy thrillers for um, grown ups, uh, and I enjoyed the process. There's a lot of words. I'm sure you've had. I think I heard. Um, was it Steve Mangan? Uh, you had on uh, talking about his wonderful um, father changed the world. I think yeah. I think there's a sort of uh, when you've done a lot of script writing over the story is fine and you could sort of haiku it a bit. There's a there's a kind of and we put that there, we put that there, and then yeah, there's a bit with a dog, and then off you go. But the, the writing is like you know this extremely needy page that keeps wanting to be serviced in some way, and it, it's really. Um, uh, it's physical labor, I find. Yeah. Uh, so, not that it's actual work, let's be honest, <laughs> but it's not real work. Uh, but it is definitely hard work. It's sweaty work. Yeah. And, when and I, do you, when do I do, you, it. do you find, I mean, I found writing books to be harder than writing uh, TV comedy. I mean, I know you're writing. Uh, you know, drama, which I don't know how, if that's harder or easy is, 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 so you're finding writing, is writing books a lot harder than writing a, a TV series? Yeah, it's the hardest thing I, yeah. I've done. I, I think it's, I think it's definitely the most satisfying and it's definitely the hardest. Yeah. And then doing it for the completely unblinking cold stare judgment of a child <laughs> who my own child, for example, who I kind of, you know, wrote it for who read it, but was reading Skandar and preferring Skandar, let's be honest. And uh, uh, that's, kind of a moment in a in a parent's yeah. life yeah in it, is, intersection. It, it is a difficult it is a difficult my my wife writes uh kids books and my daughter's 
started reading those, though. I, I think she en- has enjoyed them, I have to say. But, yeah, she's big into David Walliams. I'm disappointed. Yes, who isn't? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a crowded marketplace, children's books. and But, obviously, if you get it right, it can be uh, a, a very lucrative marketplace. Uh, so I'm told by people with lots of money. Um, <laughs> But I think I think it's also you know I, I'm doing I'm, I'm also I'm I'm uh, in the country I, I don't live in Britain normally but I'm sort of more and more here um, for various personal reasons but the uh, I'm producing a play I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, Bleak Expectations at the yeah, Criterion as is big yeah, and that process I'm not writing it, I'm just one of the producers to see. Again, that's something I've never done. Never. I mean, you and I did back in the day of, you know, fringe and performance and comedy, but that raw comedy, not something that's artfully done. And uh, that, again, has its own energy because there's other people involved. Yeah. And I think it's that sense of I have nothing but admiration for people who write books because it is simply you in the screen and your ability to hit those keys accurately which yeah. I'm increasingly unable to do and or doing the thing. Do you do the, do you ever do uh dictation? Oh, I haven't done, you know, I need to write it down. You know, I'm, I'm terrible. I mean, I'm terrible at taping stand up and listening back to stuff. Sometimes I tape it, but never listen back to it. But right. yeah, no, I never. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should do that. It's, you know, I understand that can, could work. And I often, Often my ideas come like at some point we think, why don't I just record this? But I've never, I've never got into it. So but you I, feel kind of like note to self, idea for a movie, kind of, right? It's not. It's a bit it's not edifying, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, deliberate but I, partridge. But I kind of need to sit down and try and write, and then often, you know, like weirdly, the, the book I wrote, uh, which I have discussed this, but when I kind of have my ball back, which was obviously autobiography about yes, something that happened to me, which was and commiserations. Yeah. Yes, thank you. But that did come like incredibly easier. But all the other all the other books I've written, you know, even comedy books, whatever, even books that are autobiography, I have struggled to hit deadlines, and I've, you know, I've done it all very last minute. Um, but that book was that book sort of flowed very nicely, and 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 I, you know, I just I don't really remember the process of sitting down writing. I think right. it was just there was just you know I needed to get it out, and it just came out, and it came out pretty much straight away, you know. But but That's yeah, most. But mostly, as Adam Buxton was very annoyed when I told him that. But uh, <laughs> but mostly, it's a struggle. And and yeah, whenever I've sat down and tried to come up with a novel or a you know comedy story, I I, I struggle a lot more with that. But um, I think but, it's yeah, a unique muscle. It's like climbing yeah. the Matterhorn in flip flops. You wouldn't. You'd, nobody recommends doing that. And you need specific particular muscles to carry it off. And it's sort of you. You just have to. Every time you go up, you're just you're sliding back down again. That's what I find. I, yeah, I, I I do a brick by brick approach, and then get imposter syndrome very quickly, and then uh, have to sort of retreat well, and run out. It's again. good. To, it's good to hear that this book is 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 a very well constructed. And I can imagine took a lot of time to put together because it's a oh, thank co- you. it's a complex concept incorporating a, a lot of <laughs> themes and a and a lot of conflicting uh, idea you know worlds that need to be resolved and it's about right time and relationships and you know there's a lot in there so i can imagine and and you were creating this world why did you want to write what what why why did you want to was it just for your own child or was it was well it no I, th- the, I think it, the, I, i'm obsessed with time. it's about i mean my publisher would say it's a very singular sort of high concept book in the way that 
it's about there being an extra hour in the day that's yeah. hidden from all of us. And this girl, Ailsa Craig, who lives in Edinburgh, who's always late and relatably late and disorganized and feels that everybody else is, you know, has more time and is more together, yeah. finds it in this parallel Edinburgh. And of course it comes at a cost and there's, it's a, I originally, and don't take this the wrong way, anybody listening, but it was sort of Marcel Proust meets Raiders of the Lost Ark in my head as a kind of, it's something about time, but it's not going to be hectoring, you know, um, yeah. philosophy, at least I hope it isn't. Um, something that was a page turner. And there's 60 chapters because it's 60 minutes an hour. So I want, I, I had this sort of organizing principle in my head. And so there was a moment when my daughter, who was in kindergarten, I guess that's like primary one, um, went back to her nursery playground and got nostalgic. Right. And I remember thinking, well, that's interesting. <laughs> and yeah. then I thought, well, actually, that's completely honest because she is aware of what, what's going on. That slide is smaller. And I thought, I wonder how she experiences time. And time is something that I'm obsessed with. And I hate wasting time. And I, you know, I try my best to, to be on time and all of those things. And then I thought that would be a, a, a way of, doing a thriller about time that was about that that lost time and then the pandemic hit of course and then everybody's losing time yeah. in various ways and time became i mean it feels like half an hour ago that you and i were in the pleasance courtyard talking about you know arthur smith's set or something yeah. and yeah. uh uh and yet it is unfortunately at least several years ago and yes. but it's all warped so i feel very much more um connected to maybe it's just being elderly now, I guess, but like going back in time uh, was a very uh, uh, emotional thing for me to, I get nostalgic as well. So I think that's where it all came from. So I wanted yeah. to tell a story about a girl who's late, who finds an extra hour and it's not what she thinks and there's a big price and then it becomes uh, yeah. a thriller really. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that concept of, because a lot of the people who have this extra hour turn out to be sort of famous and successful people who you would look at and go, how do they do, you know, you still do, yeah. you go, how do they do? And the answer is they have people doing all the shitty little stuff for them. Right, in they reality. have an inside track. <laughs> but, it's, like, but it's, the, a, it's, it's a sort of privilege thing, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I never understood um, how people get their starts in the industry or how did you get from there to there in 12 months? Like, I, I'm like on housing benefit at the time. Like, how on earth did that happen? But um, no, but thank you. It's it's definitely uh, I'm writing the second book now, which is also about time, but in a different way. So it's I'm okay. I'm trying to, you know, annex that theme a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm fascinated. I've always been fascinated with time travel. There's a little bit of time travel in this, and there's uh, uh, you know, it's, it's the Kurt Vonnegut, isn't it? That that sort of the 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 juddering way time feels like it's you know it's diffract in fractal fractals and. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That exact thing you're talking about that, you know, like someone just tweeted uh, today, the day we're uh, re re recording this or yesterday, that it's 21 years since time, gentlemen, please finish. Yes. And you, and you kind of go, what? And obviously it's like 30 years since, you know, some of the stuff we're, we're talking about happened. And, and that, you know, it just the way time concertinas and, and, and feels in different ways. I find it, I find it all fascinating, the mechanics of uh, whether time travel will be possible or not. And also th those are things I think about a lot. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Obviously, uh, Edinburgh is a is a big part of this, and I presi- I'm guessing that the sort of mysterious city under Edinburgh was a little bit of an influence, but maybe it wasn't. You know, there's uh, under the old town, there's there's the yeah, yeah is, it was, was layers that- and layers and layers of Edinburgh. It's actually I, I discovered this interesting. I think it's an interesting fact. That it was for me that you know on the bridge on George IV Bridge down in the Cowgate, there's the sort of by the national gallery there's, there's obviously a big drop down to the Cowgate. you'd go to the gilded balloon along there and yeah in in the old days the sort of the 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 that was a, a zone of control for people interested in comedy and that used to be an entirely different neighborhood and parts of edinburgh, edinburgh were just taken away when the new town was being built and so right. there's a kind of mid middle town which is where the middle market this sort of fictional world came about was being something that that there's all this all these layers of old edinburgh that i think uh when you walk around you just feel there and i've always thought edinburgh is this standing set that i don't know why everything isn't set there because i grew up there but so i'm biased but i think it's just it's a um uh a beautiful place with so many secrets and nooks and crannies and closes it it made a lot of sense yeah um obviously uh jk rowling uh is famously associated with Edinburgh as well, so it's quite a bold decision to to, to go yeah, with Edinburgh. I, but I can I can understand I can understand why you, you that it was the inspiration for this. Well, and that and also there's a bit of Scottish folklore in there that yeah. I felt was was really I, I felt uh, an affinity with, and you know it's not like Ian Rankin's Edinburgh, who you know he's completely <laughs> owns owns the crime syndicate part of it and the sort of the law and order of it, um, and. I guess I mean Harry Potter isn't really set there, no. so it's uh, it felt like it was something that I was uh, really drawn to and knew. So. Yeah, no, well that's clear, and it is you know, and that 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 you know, the whole of Edinburgh is fascinating. But that yeah, going into that was it called Mare, St Mary's Wine? Is that it? Is it it's a Mary's, Mary's Wine, yeah. Is it yeah? So it's it's all kind of. Uh, in fact, I think uh, Ian Boldsworth in his in his ghost film, they go there and. Uh, and Barry gets very scared and sees a ghost. Yes. Thinks, thinks he sees a ghost in that particular place. But it is a very creepy when you go look. I mean, I love stuff like that. I love the idea of hidden cities and 
you know, the ossuaries and stuff underneath the European towns and stuff. Yes. So it, it is, it is, you know, it is, it is ripe for the, for the picking. Um, and yeah, and, and it's, and what I love about this book and what I found fascinating about this book is the way it sort of combines myth and presumably I haven't looked all of it up, but I've looked up some of it and I realized that like a lot of it is genuine Scottish myth um, with, science so there's a there's a there's a real feeling of scientific method there's newtonian laws of uh, motion and physics and stuff in there yeah so it, it, it's sort of treating both myth and science with sort of equal reverence uh and you yes know, and, I would say and, so. and allowing them to live side by side which i think is a is a really lovely idea thank you no it, it's sort of you know I, I wanted there to be some kind of grounding for the for the fantasy it's not a kind of and then a bubble came along and took her away yeah into a fantasy land which is perfectly legitimate and great but not I, for me i just I, I sort of need to have i'm one of those writers who kind of goes onto google maps and walks the route to find out <laughs> how long it would take to go between x and y and then you're in production that's like never mind we'll set it in a toilet <laughs> like, oh, fuck. okay fair enough um but i need to know how the the mechanics work for sure yeah yeah, so you know, but it's it feels you know the scientific method stuff's interesting. I guess the stuff as well, without going too much into into detail, but it, it's there's there's an element there of um, the way history has uh, wiped out the female voices and female scientists who've created yes. who've, who've who've made great discoveries, and uh, so there's a character who sort of who takes the research of of the grandmother of the main character. And so yeah, it's, yeah. you know, th that's obviously something you care about as well from the, from no, the no, it absolutely is. No, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, I think, uh, so much of science is, is quite brutal and people generally women in, in general were, were sort of pushed to the side over the years. And, and, uh, uh, I thought it was, a, a an opportunity to, again, it's like, I wanted to hang enough things on the, the adventure to feel that it was something that, you know, when you're a parent, you're reading to your kids, you're going to be telling the story, but there's also about something else. And then as they get older, I started this book when my daughter was eight and then just life took over for a wee bit. And then by the time it was finished, she's not particularly interested in that <laughs> genre anymore. I mean, she is, she is, but the, you know, she's more interested in, in other themes. And so um, I think I may have just sort of, along the way dug a little deeper as i went yeah about stuff like that but um uh hopefully in a coherent whole of some description yeah narrative. I mean, yeah but and, uh, what, what what's great about it and i think you know obviously i've read quite a few children's books as a, as a child but also as a parent and um i think it's you know a lot of it a lot of the very successful ones are very derivative of of other ideas and this yeah. one, for both, both the idea of having that extra hour and the world you've created to explain that, as you say, you've incorporated some some ideas uh, from uh, Scottish myth. The the I don't know, how you say it, the brolican, the brolican, the brolican. Yeah, brolican. yeah the, the, the brolican. That's not somebody you want to meet on a dark night. That that for sure was something that you know you always want to have a good baddie. And yeah. There's a sort of there's a there's a there's a great human baddie, but that as a malevolent entity who is, isn't too scary, kids who are listening to this, by the way, why are you listening to this? Um, uh, but it's that sense of, uh, I guess, the, the, the loss of control. The, the more you look into that myth, the more it is like deep, like any fairy tale like, or any folk telling, at its base, deeply disturbing. 
Yeah. And it has it has a real real world sense of, you know, somebody being taken away from you psychologically yeah. or losing yourself in a in a in a mood. And so I thought that was quite a relatable tween thing as well. The the, the sense that you're possessed by some mood or, or or feeling and um and when you again some of the stories are quite extraordinary some of some of the uh uh i can't remember the name now um but there's this uh compendium of old scottish folk tales that i looked into and there's just some absolutely cracking stories um yeah going through with all these and i thought well this is sort of unused material that you could sort of bring in legitimately into this into this yeah. world so yeah i mean i think it yeah. is quite you know i don't think it's too scary but it's quite a scary book and there's a there's a real sense of of dread beneath it all because you know something's going on you know it becomes pretty clear early on something's going on there's some yeah there's some debt to be paid or there's there's there, you know there's 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 something no such un- thing as a free lunch exactly yeah, and yeah. Not a free hour and so you know the in and the, you know the, there's this this force in a in a room that's uh that's clearly malevolent and we don't know what it is uh but it, so you know i think it but it but it also even though it's in a fantasy world as well you are covering divorce and whether it's possible to, for a child to get two adults to communicate and yes. and, and compromise, there's some very real world world themes in there. I love the um, I love the fact that the kind of rival girl is this sort of you know sort of posh or dismissive character, but then we actually see some depth to that, and we get and 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 we get some understanding of why she's like that. And those two characters actually then become friends, which never you know usually in a book. There'll be a posh, horrible, dismissive character who right. just who just stays like that, and they're just the enemy. And you know, go why yes. is that person so nasty to me? And I'm great. And there, you know, there's proper like examination of why someone would be like that, and whether privilege is a is a is a good thing or not. And you know, th- those sort of right, freedom. that kind of like why would you want to be you want to be this person, but then actually, why would you want to be this person? Yeah, yeah. Of of, of what they're putting forward. Well, that's that's very gratifying to hear. Thank you, because it's it's you know, uh, uh, I found parenthood to be just the most extraordinary uh, psychological. It's like doing a PhD in psychology <laughs> because you start to realize that. I can't remember who told me this, but it's like the, the only thing that stays the same is change. So just when you're getting the knack of something, it just, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a fun style. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, and then you get to sort of the age that my daughter is now, sort of the, the 12, almost, almost 13. And it's on a, a daily basis that you're finger in the wind trying to find why something is the way it is. And, um, and so much is going on that you are not privy to. I think that's the other thing. Like yes. sort of middle school, I don't know what you call it in Britain now, but some of those first two years of last year of of, of junior school, senior school, that transition yeah. is just, there's like Russian novels being written between people, between groups of friends every single day. <laughs> and uh, uh, I find it, um, uh, I, I wanted to do something that felt that felt like it was at least vaguely legitimate psychologically yeah. for, for yeah. that age and i think that's you know i think it is so it's it you the you treat it's, it it treats the reader as intelligent as an adult there's some fun stuff there's some very fun you have some fun with the uh, footnotes i was just reading what you, oh, you're, thank you. you're explaining what a spork is in quite a, a tense moment 
and then you go, "What are yes. you doing? What are you doing down here?" There's a fight going on. So yeah, that, that, there's <laughs> sort of <laughs> there's fun in the there's fun with those footnotes, and there's sort did of did you find it interrupting your flow, or was it was it a no, welcome aside? No, I, would you say I liked it because I think it's sort of your voice coming through, and it's right. you know it's it sort of I kind of like the, the stepping away and acknowledging that it's a a story it's sort of acknowledging it's a story that there's a storyteller but also yeah you, then you go back and you're right back into it i mean yeah it's absolutely it's a it's a high paced lots of action lots of sort of thrilling stuff uh expl- houses exploding and uh monsters absolutely taking people over and all sorts of things to enjoy that kids will love i mean my son's a little bit too young for this book but it, I, it, I think it would it sort of a, would appeal to him. he loves being scared but you know right he, but gets easily scared, but he loves ghosts and, you know, the idea of oh, okay. other, other other creatures and worlds. And I think this, it, it is this sort of, yeah, I just, I mean, I, it, it's got a, a real, um, you know, original feel to it. And it's, and it's got this real sort of tension there that as you're reading, you're going, oh, what's going to be? And it, and it gives you a signal lesson into why you should always read the uh, small print in terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> well spotted. Which are which are, yeah. which are there right to the beginning. Uh but uh, yeah, so it's you know it's it's a it does feel like it's gonna be part of a a long series and it obviously ends oh, on Oh yeah, that's the plan. That's, that's it ends nice on a hear, cliffhanger. Yeah. So yeah, is, is is that is that plan. Do you, have you been commissioned to write more than I have. two? Yeah. I have well, I'm not, I'm not more than two at the moment, but I'm yeah. obviously working on, on that. You're but on the the uh, it's one of those things where you want to to. There's two worlds, right? There's Edinburgh and there's the, the fantasy bit, the middle market, as it's called. Um, and uh, so those are two opportunities to get into the second book. And in the second book, you know, the middle market comes to Edinburgh, as in yeah. like Elsa goes to the middle market in book one. The middle market comes to Edinburgh, a bit like comedians coming to the fringe. <laughs> uh, not quite as malevolent as that, though. Um, uh, and and I think that, you know, it's my opinion that you only really understand what a book is or what your story is when you get to the end. Sure. And then if, if you outline, and then I got to the end of the outline, and went, oh, wait, that's what the story is. And so I went back and revised the first third. So I'm sort of a third of the way through. Okay. Half of the way through, uh, publishers listening. And <laughs> um, uh, and really enjoying it. And and I, I'm not having the second album pressure that I had when I wrote the grown-up books. I felt enormous pressure. And in fact, I think in my second adult book, if you read the last three chapters, I was in real time writing them <laughs> at the speed at which you're reading them. Right. Uh, not with Dragon Dictation, which is sort of... Uh, I remember Dragon Dictation, you had to read at Alice in Wonderland. Do you remember that? Like the old days of the... Yes. When you yes. had to teach your AI what you sounded like okay. and i spent a whole day reading alice in wonderland to dragon dictation and then at the end of the thing i went okay i'm going to dictate a letter i put my feet up on the desk and went dear john and then the little <laughs> thing of death went for about a minute and it went dijon <laughs> like <a must laughs> Fuck this. back to typing rsi be damned um but i guess i mean now we've got ai writing our stories for us yeah exactly delightful news <laughs> um, I put in who is David Wollstonecraft into ChatGPT, and it said David Wollstonecraft is the writer and director of The Honourable Woman. Okay, no, I'm not, <laughs> and then apologised. It's it's very disturbing. Anyway, and then oh, it's you, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Everybody, be quiet. He's here. 
<laughs> so uh, you're inevitably going to get. Uh, I mean, I feel like with with the extra hour, there's quite a lot of faff to get to the extra hour. I don't know. You've got to get to. You've got to live in Edinburgh, right, to get in there. And you've got For to now. go. I mean, it's a franchise. Okay. It's going to be like, you know. They'll make Burger the open other places. And yeah. then you've got to go. There's quite a lot of admin to do before you get in. But what? what it's a club, you... Richard. It's like, you know, getting into Century on Chatsbury Avenue. It's very, not just what anybody. Would, what would you do if you did have an extra hour, David? You're going to get asked that a lot. So I'm going to ask I you. Know, you're ready, I know. You're it's, ready. It's... I have my pat answer, which okay. is that I would probably sleep. Yeah, that's um, my answer too. <laughs> um, uh, but I think the creative answer, well, the, the 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 promo answer is I go and see Bleak Expectations at the Criterion <laughs> Theatre, okay. uh, opening May the third. But I would, I would, um, I would probably say I'd cook dinner. That's the thing because okay. when I, I I like to cook, but I get impatient with myself. I always think, God, if I could just do that little bit of prep, do something with I don't know recipes that take time are fun to do and for my family i think i'll probably do that nice. probably which is pretty you know non-epic but at the same time meaningful and would it be worth the consequences of what happens when you killing everybody on the planet that? yes it would it would food is very important Richard. <laughs> that's very nice that is a very uh, lovely thing <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you, uh, I, I read uh, in the front that your your adult novels uh, are possibly going to be made into films. Is 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 there any news on this? This feels like an, a, a very filmic uh, idea. Is, is oh, it, is on there the any magic oh, yes, yeah. there 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 is some smatterings of interest. I, I'm sort of letting you know the laws of deal physics do it, go with that. But it's it's very gratifying. There's there's definitely some interest. So it's. Um, who knows? I mean, it's, it's, I, I think it's when, particularly when you're writing the second book, it's not good to think of what that then might become because then you start to influence what you're doing and it feels you'd sort of be stepping across two stepping stones instead of one. Sure. But you know, reckon, then but... you do a film series, then they'll open up a big world where you can go and experience oh, yeah. all this stuff and you get lots of money, then you can become, you can have some controversial political views. Yes. <laughs> well, you're, 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 you're yes. The, <laughs> I, I do need to, I, I've got my views set. I'm, I'm ready to go. They're oven ready. <laughs> but um, uh, I do need the, the roller coaster first, I think, sure. for sure. I think, I think it's, it feels to me, and it's, and again, I think it's very, it's very much its own thing. I think if you're going to compare it to any popular, children's author i would say it's more in the area of philip pullman than than anyone else but I, oh, which, uh, which which is a nice goodness. area to be i think thank you well no, that's, uh, that's, that's extremely flattering <laughs> to say i mean it's i i, I would dream of having uh, my uh, fingernails on his coattails but i think the the um uh, i don't know it's 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 funny how you've written a lot of things every all the personality of a book like with with your autobiography thing, that just came out because that's obviously passion and and important and yeah. personal experience. Creating a fictional world, you're putting in. I think Steve Mangan was talking about this about you know his thing about kings and queens and anti monarchists, whatever. <laughs> but but sort of pushing in stuff that that you realize it's kind of it's like a process of discovery. You realize what your opinion is on something. Yeah. I'm not somebody who generally goes out and tells people to their face, "Here's what I think about this or that." It's sort of permeates through the story or the characters and i think that's what's been really gratifying about the, the women in science thing just emerged out of 
going. My dad was a, was was a scientist when he was alive, and and there was a this, and he had a lot of these very talented women working for him who never seemed to break through. And yeah. as a kid, I'm just watching that, going, how come all the guys are getting, but all the you know, and so it just sort of was a natural progression, and yeah. it sort of teased teased out my own opinions on things. So uh, if you know, this is just a vehicle for my. Uh, evolvingly controversial opinions about life <laughs> and how to organize society then great yeah um if i can keep doing it because it's really it's it's uh, uh as i said at the beginning it's it's i think scripts are easy for me now i i, I know how to do it i know at least dr- the, the rough draft is easy for me i, I know the way it goes but with with a novel that's seventy thousand words or sixty five thousand words and no more you just have to it's it's like this endless tetris of trying to no you can't go there i've got this file called offcuts that's like <laughs> a you know a russian novel worth of like weird uh scenes and sequences and thoughts because yeah. you're just chopping it down to the quick and uh 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 I find that really quite liberating as a writer because it's just hard. It's hard yeah. to muscle it in. And um, uh, and the idea yeah. of kids reading it is very exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it's a, it's a, such a complex thing because you create a world and there's a lot of elements to it. So it's even for you to balance that, but you also have to make it understandable to the reader. So, like, if you're... Yeah. Creating, you well, know, I always yeah. felt like Lord of the Rings had that big map at the start and you kind of you <laughs> sometimes would get confused about what was going on. But I think this yeah. does, you know, you do successfully create the world and you do know what's going on in this quite complicated world that you've Well, created. we do have a map now. I don't know what, yeah. what, what edition you, you saw for the proof, but the, the it comes out on June the 8th and there's there is a map. Oh, good. And well, uh, there's, good there's a sort of cast of characters graphic which is beautifully done by Alicia Trufio so it's it's like okay. there's this very cool navigational aid yeah that you just go okay here's the real world characters here's the fantasy characters here's the map go yeah and then you're kind of off to the races I think I, I think that'll help but I did it did you know it didn't you know I, I just was impressed that you could do that I can't picture things in my in my brain anyway so I've got a slightly odd way of reading really books. Yeah, I can't. So I've got. Well, I can, but it's a different. I can't see pictures in my. I've got aphantasia. I discovered during lockdown. That's what I discovered. So I can't see things in my head. And I always thought I could. And I oh. sort of. Can, I sort of can in my own way, but I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to picture a map. I would. I'd sort of. I, I would have. I still have an idea of what I think the middle market looks like and where it goes right. and what, what. But it's. But it's not like an image in my head. So I don't have a cinema oh. in my head. Um, so, but wow. most most people do. Obviously, it's about one percent of people don't have that. But no, but, but even... then that, that explains because you have the facility of like sort of your com- comic creations. Like I, I went back to Time Judgment piece, by the way, just when when <laughs> I, when you post that thing about twenty one years and saw so watched episode one a yeah. little bit. It was, it was Al Murray, like a baby, like a ch- tiny baby, uh, um, just absolutely nailing it, and uh, just. I would say that sort of the 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 verbiage of you of of your output and and first of all, obviously is 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 not as visual I would say yeah, uh, but can be made visual but yeah. sort of the, the 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 fountain is is situational and witty and funny and and all the good stuff and and it's just it's really and, and I I would say that I'm the same I don't I have to force myself to be more visual yeah it's easier to be verbal and maybe that's just a, a function of having started in comedy briefly um 
um, for like 30 seconds next picket please but the the um the maybe that's part of the the challenge was writing something slightly different or yeah. slightly like not not the yeah. same palette yeah well, um, no, it, it's it's you know it's it's a it's a very interesting world it's a, and as i say i love the i love the the complex ideas. I think you'll, if your kids do talk to you after they've read a book, <laughs> they might not do. There'll, there'll be some conversations to have if you know if you re, if you read this and your kid. And, and I think adults will enjoy the book as well. I don't think it, it's obvious. I don't. What, what age is? I always find that difficult to work out. Is this aimed at sort of twelve to fifteen year olds? Is my guess. It's eight to eighty eight. Is the idea that it's, right. it's middle grade, middle higher middle grade? I think is the. But I would say, yeah, anything above eight, if somebody's comfortable with a bit of spooky atmosphere, yeah, but, you know, there's no nobody, there's there's no terrible things that happen really, um, and uh, I think, I don't know, I th- I think there's enough adventure and deeper themes to get the older kids still yeah. engaged, but there's enough fun fantasy and and um, that sense of what would you do with an hour on the day? I've done some schools. Uh, uh, talks and that's just it's such a powerful thing because of course it's always like I would play the following game or I would do this but if you say okay well imagine that outside of that it it's about where do you give your attention where do you give your the the stuff of life that time is it's like if you if you're going to give that to something what what is your area of focus and then suddenly you get these really profound eight-year-old answers and obviously some scatological ones, but generally it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite beautiful. So I think that there's, I think because that is a relatable theme, no matter how old you are, and yeah. obviously the older you are, the more relevant it gets. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, who does buy it, who, who picks it up and, uh, uh, and where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think the I tragedy know. of the passage of time and, and the preciousness of time is however much I sort of feel like, you know, why did no one tell me <laughs> that I would eventually yes. be old? And then you go, of course, loads of people told me, but I just completely didn't listen. And you can't, you can't really make a young person understand. I mean, this hope for this book might. I think, I think you've just precious. described the reason I wrote this book. <laughs> I think, thank you, Richard. Hours of therapy. I just needed half an hour with Mr. Herring. But I think that's, I think that's why it's, I read somewhere that kids experience time as a landscape, not as a as a conveyor belt. It's like right. you can go to different places. That's why, you know, I remember getting my daughter out of the car to go to nursery school. Took about a day for her to get out of the car and then seeing something on the ground that was suddenly the most important thing. Yeah. And it's like this compulsory Zen Buddhism <laughs> that parenting is. Um, and... Uh, maybe that sort of was, was the inception point, but but to teach kids the value of time when you're that age where it's infinite, yeah, and and you don't have really control over your own time in the same way that we do as grown-ups, and then we go and squander it uh, is kind of interesting. We do. We squander. You know, sorry to get a bit 
Then we're too old to live to. Your teeth are falling out. And yes. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible thing. So, yes, uh, read this book while you're young. In pre- appreciate being young. <laughs> we, we're both stuck in Edinburgh in the 1990s, wishing we were still in our 20s. And <laughs> we no longer it are. It can still happen, Rich. I believe <laughs> we, it. We'll go never back. Never say we'll never. Go, I'm going to walk around in Edinburgh and go through every little passage I can find. And oh. hope I find a, a, a route back. That would be nice. Yes. Would it? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, are you reading anything else, David? Do you, do you read a lot? Is there anything you'd like to recommend to our, our, our listeners? Oh, yes. Um, so, um, well, actually, I, I went back to the City of Ember series uh, recently, which is sort of a, an old classic. Um, and I really enjoyed Steve Mangan's The Escape Rooms. Yes, yes. Uh, I would say that that's 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 a classic example of, of children's fiction that goes into uh, deep theme. But yeah very smartly because it just it's a it's a card trick a little bit and then you just gradually realize what the theme is and that's sure. the whole bereavement thing going through so I, I i thought that was wonderful um and i would say that uh at the moment i am so jet lagged i can't really recommend anything else at the moment okay. i know i know that i i i picked up ben miller's boy who fell into the fairy tale which is excellent um yeah uh Anything with a with another world, and I know it's a kind of common theme in, in kids' fiction, but uh, oh, in Scandar, I mean Scandar. There's a new Scandar coming out, the Phantom Rider. I absolutely love that. So uh, AF Stedman. Um, uh, I think there's. Uh, I think that's. I think it comes out in the UK quite soon. Okay. Um, and that I can highly, highly recommend. Unicorn like freaky unicorns and uh just uh, it's 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 a really it's it's a phenomenon i would say that's something that i i I stand back and admire terrific well look it's really love to see you again david Uh, i do recommend the magic hour do pick it up it's you know that it's already been touted admittedly by your publisher as a modern day classic oh Uh, gosh uh, but I think they might. I think they might. I think they might be right. I think they might. Be right. Oh, so, um, uh, so no, really good luck with it, and uh, yeah, really great to see you, and good luck with the with the next one, and I'm sure the next ten that will come after that. Um, <laughs> Thank thanks, you, Rich. No Love to see you. Really love to see you. Thanks to Chris Evans for all his hard work on this. We'll be back next week with I, I'm not sure actually. Probably maybe uh, might be Josie Long next week, but let's find out. Mm. We'll just tune in next week. We'll see. Thank you. Bye bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. 
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.